You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. It just kind of fell this year that a lot of the kids that we really were invested in and wanted in our program were making late decisions. I mean, I, I heard all the talk early on about how we were behind and we were behind, and we kind of knew that, but uh, we were kind of betting on ourselves in recruiting and had a lot of really good targets out there, and uh, luckily we were able to land quite a few of them. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. This segment of the Husker Online Show is brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill with locations in Omaha and Lincoln. Get on into Tanner's college football bowl season starts up this weekend. NFL football is on both Saturday and Sunday and Monday. So uh, no better place to watch all the football action, college basketball action at those Tanner's locations in both Omaha and Lincoln. And Nate Klaus here, you heard Scott Frost talk about um, just the approach they took, and it was not a good good approach, I guess, for fans that want comfort and feel that things are on track. I mean, they, they really pushed the envelope with how they rolled the dice this year, but they ended up working, and they weren't scrambling to settle. And the guys that maybe they did quote-unquote settle for, they dropped two of them, um, which I thought was interesting in Junior Ajo and, and Jamoy Hodge. Yeah, I mean, it, it came together really well. Uh, and I don't want to say they settled for those guys, but I guess it felt that way. The way yeah, they, they were went. late offers, they were they were guys that they came in on late. Um, but I mean, typically outside of your maybe top five JUCO guys in the country, the the large majority of your JUCO targets are going to be guys that you come in on late. But um, but yeah, I mean, they they ended up cutting bait with uh, with boy, both Jamoy Hodge and, and Junior Ajo. Um, you know and I mean, I go back to about this time last year and where they're they're getting ready to sign or they just had signed uh, what was you know, top 16, top 15 class. And you're, you're starting to look at the pieces to come together for 2020 and you're going, OK, well, 2020 is going to be just as good, maybe even a little bit better, um, you know, especially if things go really well on the football field. And, and Nebraska was thinking the same thing. I, I think they had a plan. Uh, put together. They had guys that they wanted to get at the top of their board that they felt like they could get. Um, now, the plan did not come together as as quickly as I think they thought it would, uh, especially you know during the season. Um, obviously, we all know they didn't have the season that we thought they were going to have, and and I, I think that kind of delayed some things. Or maybe but those home visits ended up being yeah. very effective. Oh yeah, it was a, a huge. Um, you know those home visits. If we've learned anything about Scott Frost and his staff, it's that they they are great in home. Uh, and Frost can close when when he when he needs to or wants to close. He he's going to close. And um, I mean, I don't know if I've seen a stretch of you know two weeks like we just saw where where they did close at the rate that they uh, uh, that they did with the types of guys that they did. So uh, the plan did eventually come together and and. Really, when you look at the class, a large majority of these guys are guys that they had been on for a long time and had uh, ranked really high on their board. Yeah, Nate, you look at up and down um, this class, and I mean, I think a few position groups really jump out as far as what they address. Defensive front seven, edge play in general, um, wide receiver. Um, I think those two are probably the, the key ones. And then secondary, the way it closed out and finished with Travis Fisher, but um, it you know wasn't a year where they had to get a lot of running. I mean, they got two running backs, but it was. I mean, but you look up and down. I mean, I felt like wide receiver, edge play, outside linebacker, DN, etc. That kind of grouping in general 
um, were the, were the two biggest ones, and then obviously secondary down the stretch. Yeah, I mean the secondary. I think that's that's a really really good class, but that that front seven is is what I kind of look at as maybe the story uh, of this recruiting class, especially with the pieces that they they added down the stretch. Um, you know, so they needed to address their their lack of a pass rush, and and I think they got some guys that are legitimate pass rushers in this class, and um, you know, and a couple guys that I'm I'm really pretty excited about. I think that uh, Jamari Butler is going to be a pretty special player down the road. He's he's you know he's, he still needs some development right now, but he he's got an opportunity I think to be um, a pretty electric pass rusher. They haven't landed a player quite like him. Uh, in a very, very long time. But uh, they addressed a lot of needs in that front seven, um, you know, both outside linebacker, inside linebacker, and then up front uh, after losing five D linemen um, you know, that, that they had to get, and, and they were able to do it. And this class, Nate, when you look at it, it's really about kind of those core glue guys that committed early and not a one of them wavered. Mm-hmm. And I thought when you look at Logan Smothers, Nash Hutmacher, um, Turner Corcoran, Blades Gunnerson, Turner Corcoran, uh, and I miss, I don't know if I'm missing, you know, and there was a time Xavier bets, Xavier bets. And they, you know, they wanted Xavier Watts to be a part of, he never was a part of, he went to Notre Dame, but that core group of early glue guys, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what built this class. Yeah, it really did. And I mean, and it started with Smothers. I mean, he Smothers has been recruited for well over a year and a half. I mean, he's, he, he recruited or he, he committed uh, July before his junior season. And so he was the very first guy. Um, in Nebraska, you know, the large reason why they got Smothers was because Nebraska was the first team to really go all in on him and say, you are our guy. You're our number one guy. And, um, and you, if you commit, we'll shut it down. And, and that's what happened. And, and Nebraska followed through on that. And, and Smothers, I mean, shoot, tip your hat to that kid and, and kind of his integrity because I tell you what, I know for a fact that there were – some big, big time, big time programs. Can I get a tease for Tunnel Talk, Nate? You're gonna maybe divulge a little yeah, bit more of the juice, and, and for our members, only Tunnel Talk and Husker Online about Smothers. Well, there was college football playoff teams that were after Smothers, trying to get him to take an official visit um, and save the rest for Tunnel Talk. Yep, and so and he never wavered. Um, and, and I mean, that's that's impressive. I don't care who you are um, and how long you've been committed uh, or who you're committed to. I mean, when you've got a, programs like that knocking on your door, beating your door down, literally, um, I mean, that's it's hard to ignore. But Smothers was all in, and and, and I, he never wavered. His, his relationship with Mario Verduzco uh, was really, really strong. His relationship with Frost, really strong. And his relationship with the, his current – or, you know, his fellow commits – uh, in this class uh, is is was really strong and um, you're right. I mean those that that core group of early commits of four or five guys. Uh, I think they they really did kind of hold things together and and really help Nebraska close out strong too. Yeah, and you think about a guy like Turner Corker and even I mean, can you imagine the amount of people that tried to circle back to him over the course of the college football season and and he still continued to come to Lincoln every Saturday. He was up here every game. Yeah, I mean, he had – it came down to Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Nebraska, essentially, for his commitment. Um, and so, again, college football playoff teams um, in, in the Huskers. And and you, you have to know that Oklahoma and Ohio State and, 
and obviously, you know, he he's from Lawrence, so uh, KU was after him. K State, I know, felt like they they still had an opportunity to get Turner, and uh, never wavered. Uh, I mean, and he and all these guys, you talk with them. It, they will tell you that they are fully bought into what Scott Frost and the staff are doing. They see the vision for the future, um, and and just the relationship that they have with the coaching staff is is why um, they never really you know had any doubt whatsoever about being committed to the Huskers when things were kind of rough at times. Favorite player? I'm just going to say just one overall in this class on film. Oh boy! I mean, honestly, that's it's pretty tough. Um, to, to say just just one um, you know I, I kind of lean towards Savion Morrison um, I, I think that he's a guy especially after being able to see him in person um, you know he's I, I think he's got a chance to be really really special um, but I mean I could I could probably go with about six guys to be honest with you uh, which is a great I mean that kind of speaks tell to, me you're super six yeah, that, it, it, it kind of <laughs> but that speaks to you know the overall depth of talent I think in, in this recruiting class a lot of times when you have a clear-cut number one guy uh, that's your absolute favorite it, it's because the rest are aren't all that great uh, I'm gonna say Omar Manning for mine yeah I mean yeah Omar Manning's a pretty special player um, and and yeah and then you listen to what Scott Frost had to say about him and holy cow I mean um, when he says he's never never seen a, a player that looks like Omar Manning and and can also back it up on the field, uh, you know, and, and that he's how excited he is to coach a guy like that and how big of a game changer he is. I mean that that gets you kind of excited if you're a Husker fan listening to the head coach talk that way. By the way, how exhausted and tired did Scott Frost look at the press conference on Wednesday? I mean, it looked like his eyes were just held open by drinking <laughs> energy drinks all day, yeah. and if he wasn't on caffeine, he'd probably fall right asleep. Yeah, I mean, it's all those all these coaches um, are burning the candle at both ends this time of year, but. I mean, it's it is crazy. Frost travel schedule. That jet the, log was nuts. Oh yeah, the, during the in-home visit season, um, you know, and, and last the week before signing week, he had um, you know obviously he's he's crisscrossing the country, um, but they also had a walk-on day um, or a walk-on event on a Wednesday night, and he he flew he left Lincoln that morning, did like. Th- Two or three visits, flew back to Lincoln uh, to to do the walk-on event, and then left at like ten thirty or eleven o'clock at night, and and flew to Miami to have his in-home visits with uh, Francois, uh, Marcus Fleming, Henry Gray. Ronald. Ended up being pretty big visits. Yeah, and, and that's when that's when I think he you know legitimately secured those guys' commitments. Uh, but he didn't get to Miami that night until like three in the morning, and then his visit started. You know, first thing that next day, he had to see like five guys. I mean, it is it was crazy the the amount of travel and the the hours that that they really put in over these two weeks leading up to signing day. Well, we're going to talk more recruiting in the mailbag, but Robin Washett's going to talk some basketball. I promise Nate will be back here late in the show here in our final segment as. We're going to look ahead. What is next? What will Nebraska do with the scholarships they have remaining? That's next, or that's that will be our final recruiting segment. We'll talk basketball next. You're listening to the Oscar Line Show.